welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two shows every week and combine them into this audio version for you to listen to. If you do enjoy this podcast, consider leaving us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. On this week's show, we have a lot to discuss, including a new proposed law in Hawaii that is an attack on Las Vegas, more paid parking charges coming to the Las Vegas Strip, MGM announcing the renovation to Bellagio Spa Tower, plus a look at Aria's new high limit room. We also discuss the MSG Sphere and their big news that U2 will be the opening headlining act, but there is trouble in paradise with an executive shakeup at the over budget venue. Is this the most expensive movie theater in the world? All of that plus more coming up right now. As a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, did you see that barcode burgers here in Las Vegas? We've actually had a meetup there before. Really great burgers. They have a burger guarantee. If after two bites, you don't think it's the best burger in town, they'll remove it from the table and your bill. Now, uh, I guess the caveat is how big of a bite can you take? Yeah, imagine how many people are going to go in there and eat all but like a little sliver of burger and be like, well, it wasn't the best burger. You guys got to take it back and get it off my bill. (laughs) I would not want to be a waiter or waitress there, but I enjoyed it when we were there. The food was good. The service was good. You know, it's a great local hangout. So I definitely go there. I I, I recommend it. Yeah, I don't think uh, people will be uh, (laughs) taking the guarantee. Although, you know, the rule is once every 30 days. So you wonder how many people have tried to take advantage of this taking giant bites and then say, oh, take it off my bill, coming back a month later, doing it all over again. Mark, you know that uh, Las Vegas is known as the Ninth Island, and Hawaiians love to come visit here. They love specifically to go downtown to the Cal, even Main Street Station in Fremont. And Du Bois Gaming has for a long time had vacation packages where they put together the flight, the hotel, all this stuff. This is a uh, well-worn path of travelers from Hawaii to Las Vegas. And this week, the lawmakers in Hawaii tried to throw some wrenches in that, saying that it's causing problems to the Hawaiians, problem gambling, stuff like that. To start, they wanted to ban all advertising of Las Vegas casinos in Hawaii. Uh, But that (laughs) boy, I guess, lobbied against it. A lot of people didn't like that, so they got rid of that. Now they're just going to levy a tax on vacation packages from Hawaii to Las Vegas, something that Boyd specializes in. It could be up to 30%. Yeah, this is kind of nuts. I know I don't want to get political, but it seems like a massive overreach. Like, how are you to dictate where people can go vacation or what they want to do? And if it goes up to 30%, you know, hopefully Boyd or somebody will give them some type of spiff to offset that. But that's just that's just crazy. And what if you're going to Vegas? Like, what if you're not even going to gamble? You want to go hiking in Red Rock or you want to go dine or just go to a club or you're going to a concert or, you know, the going to the sphere. It just doesn't make a lot of sense that you're targeting people to try to you know curb them if if they're addicted to gambling they're going to go or figure out a way to gamble like this isn't going to do anything except for tax people that don't need to be taxed now hawaii is famously one of two states without gambling i believe utah and hawaii are the only states that don't have some form of legalized gambling within their border and i guess the argument is that they're not getting any of the revenue to be able to help out uh one of the lawmakers said sb 935 would generate revenue for necessary programs while avoiding the ills of having gambling in hawaii independent of whether an activity is legal or not hawaii has an obligation to prevent and treat addictions hawaii is failing to meet that obligation 
So one of the other changes was that this money gets put into a special fund. So I sort of understand uh, the meaning behind this, but it definitely is an attack on Las Vegas and on the people who like to go there. That huge tax would uh, no doubt slow people down from coming. So you could see how Las Vegas's perspective would be to stop this, but it seems like there's some support for some sort of version of this legislation tackling this issue. Yeah, well, you know, step in Reno. Here we go. <laughs> Start putting the packages together for Hawaii and people to come visit. It just seems weird. I could, You can't, you know, restrict it to every gambling destination in the U.S., and there's plenty of places they can go gamble. So to just single out Vegas, which I know that's where they're going, there's direct nonstop flights there, uh, you know, all that. But And I understand that they're having people with problems, but they're not getting any revenue from the gambling to offset it. So maybe go to Boyd or go to, you know, Vegas convention, you know, authority, uh, visitors authority and say, hey, is there something we can do? All right, Mark, uh, some good news here. Martha Stewart and Caesars announced their partnership, what, last year, and she opened up her new restaurant at Paris, Las Vegas, full with $90 rotisserie chickens and smashed baked potatoes by the table. High priced, but the food and the reviews have been pretty good, and the space looks beautiful over at Paris. But now they've upped their partnership, Mark, to a whole new level. In March, (laughs) they're giving away Martha Stewart bakeware every single week if you earn 25 tier credits. Previously sold at Kmart. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So the first week, you can get a two-piece round bakeware dish set. On the eighth, you can get a a rectangular bakeware dish set. Then the uh, oval one, I think. There's different versions of the bakeware set, different shapes for different weeks. (laughs) I'll just put it up on screen. This is like what local (laughs) casinos have done forever, these types of giveaways. Uh, It's strange to see it from Caesars. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is something you get from, like, Caesars, Windsor, by me, or from, like, Great Town in Detroit, you know, to get locals in. So I don't know that it's going to get anybody on a plane, and I don't think locals are going to Caesars properties and gambling on the strip much. So it just doesn't seem to fit all that well. And I always hated when, like, Caesars is like, come in and you can get a TV. Well, how in the heck do I get a TV home? Like, you give me free play or give me a gift card or something. This is – it doesn't make any sense. It, you know, maybe they had a lot left over from local casinos and they just said, ship them to Vegas. Let's give them out here. Yeah, one other interesting thing about that is who's going to carry this home in their luggage, being that Vegas is more of a, you know, a, a tourist area, especially with Caesars, right? There isn't a ton of locals gambling at Caesars, although some. So I don't really know uh, what the what the motivation is. I guess you'll have to bring an extra suitcase to carry your 50 pounds worth of Martha so Stewart bakeware dishes. Broken in the, and it gets broken in the cargo hold. Maybe, you know, get some insurance on that just so maybe you'll come away with some money after they smash it, throwing it on the belt. I can't wait to see where this partnership goes next, <laughs> uh, Martha Stewart and uh, Caesars. All right, Mark. So uh, we have an update on paid parking, and uh, we've seen a few casinos now move to this like tiered parking where they still have free parking, but they change the spaces closest to the casino into paid spots. This has happened at Circus Circus now, the area kind of close to the Adventure Dome. Uh, the parking garages are still free, but the area out by the Adventure Dome, paid parking now just sitting mostly empty because who wants to pay for parking at Circus Circus? You can still park in those garages. And then Strat had actually done this a while ago where they put in some premium spaces in their garage. Now it appears, according to Jacob's Life in Vegas, that they're going to be charging for parking permanently, although we don't know if locals or certain tier members will get it for free, but move in the wrong direction here. Yeah, and it's a weird place to be doing it. You know, there's not a ton going on out that way. I guess 
maybe people are parking at the Strat and walking to the Arts District because we've talked about that in the past about parking issues. That could be a potential reason for this, but I doubt it's in numbers that would do any significant damage. So I don't know who who's going to Circus Circus and like, oh, I'm going to pay the extra 20 bucks to park so I don't have to walk so far instead of parking in the parking garage. It just seems like a weird thing to just force more people into a more congested area instead of letting them take up all the spaces. Uh, you know, I don't know. And then there's the question of how the Strat is going to get away with charging for parking. seems like they would want everybody they can get up there, uh, but, you know, maybe they've crunched the numbers and figured out uh, that they need that. It's just like that's not in an area where you're going to have a lot of overflow people. So people who are going to the Strat are going there. So I don't know. I think that's strange. But we saw what AMC announces for movie theaters too, right, that they're going to start charging for premium tickets. This is just, I guess, the way of the world. Even when you get something for free, getting the best version of that is probably going to start costing money, whether it's at the movies or parking spaces or anything else. Corporate America at its finest. Yeah, we've seen it at the Vegas restaurants. If you want to be down by the window overlooking the strip, you're going to have to pay 25 bucks a person or 50 bucks or whatever it is. It's, you know, hopefully we get back from this somehow, but it just seems disingenuous with them making record numbers from gambling. It's not like they can say, well, people are coming here and they're not spending money. Like you're making a ton of money. So they're spending the money and then you're just taking a little bit more out of their pocket, which is crazy to me, especially the strat. Like who's going there besides 22 to 28 year olds that can get a cheap room. I don't understand. I will say the Strats Casino is pretty nice since they renovated a couple of years ago. So is Sahara. So people should check out that part of the strip, even if they're going to be paying for parking. I wouldn't pay for parking. Park at Resorts World and then (laughs) go down there with your (laughs) player's card. So one other thing to talk about in that area, and I don't really know what we should talk about here. Some pictures that we came across on Twitter of Slots of Fun. Now, we know Slots of Fun is sort of being renovated in, in a way. They added that slushy bar or they they renovated a bar uh and that's all done but it seems like they've taken out a lot of the machines perhaps that beautiful carpeting is going away mark i love the carpet in there it's very old school las vegas uh but yeah i don't know what's going very on dirty. But it looks like uh, it's getting some love on some level yeah i i made the joke on twitter it's lots of none is what it looks like because it's just like vacant space with a couple machines like why not take them all out or you know leave sections it's just kind of random how they have some machines in like a little circle and then nothing around it. So I've actually never been in there. It's been something that I've wanted to check out for a long time, even though why I don't play slots much, but I still wanted to see it. So hopefully they are doing something cool. So when I do finally get there, you know, I get to witness all of that, but it's it's strange that there's no like announcement or, or any type of signage of what's going on to tell people, Hey, sorry, we only have like eight machines. You know, we'll be back soon. Now, the last few times I've been in there and the last time was, I don't know, eight, nine months ago to cover the construction on that bar. You know, the, the machines are sparse in there, so I'm not going to say that that's not normal. But that whole area without any machines is new, I think. And, you know, we need to, to know what's going on with that carpet, like I said, because it is old. But hopefully they can get gonna, a new version of that same carpet. Maybe, maybe those, like <laughs> when they redo rooms, they'll sell the carpet and you can go re-carpet your whole house with it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, Mark. Oh, God. <laughs> you could just do walkthrough videos of your house going upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We do have some uh, news from the MGM front, starting with Aria's new high limit room. Now, this opened a couple of weeks ago. We just didn't get a chance to cover it. And uh, Vital Vegas did a walkthrough that I think is uh, very nice. It looks incredibly nice and a great direction for Aria 
I love how they have like the individualized cubbies for the slot machines. Reminds me in some ways of Resorts World's Crockford's Casino in that way. It looks like a very comfortable place to, to gamble. There's also a nice lounge and bar there. They attract a lot of high rollers at Aria, and I think this place is going to be popular. Yeah, you know, we hit your your sweet spot with carpet, so let's talk about mine with, you know, high ceilings in the casino. And, and the ceilings in there are lower, but I think they did a nice job of lighting it up, and it, it's got, like, you know, waves going through it and curves and everything. So it, it kind of adds, like, a feature to it, and it looks really cool. So I think that they did the best with what they could out of that space. And, and I agree that I love that you have, like, almost like a unique little – cubby phone booth type of setup that you know you can gamble and not really see person next to you which i'm sure is big when you're you know rolling 100 bucks a spin and stuff and kudos to vital vegas for uh, getting through a high limit room filming without getting uh attacked by security so good on him for that and, and for sharing that now they have two guards in there to watch uh you know after he uh, posted that <laughs> usually cameras in high limit rooms do not mix and they'll shut you down pretty quickly for filming in there uh, but so uh, some other news came out on MGM's earnings call this week, and it's not a huge amount of news. Bellagio just finished their renovation of all their main tower rooms last year. We've shown them on the channel. We've talked a lot about them, the removal of the bathtubs in the standard rooms, and a much more sort of modern, understated look compared to the old heavy Italian theming on the old rooms. And one of the uh, towers that got left behind was the spa tower, which usually was their upgraded rooms in the past, but now they're in the older room product. But we did find out on the MGM earnings call they are going to renovate them this year. So the spa tower with its backed-up drains and everything else, uh, people see our, our video on it from last year. Mark stayed there. There were some plumbing issues, to say the least, but good to see that Bellagio top to bottom by the end of this year should have all renovated rooms. Yeah. Instead of fixing the pipes, they're ripping out the tubs, keep the dirt out of the bottom. Well, you know, they got to do uh, something to keep you happy, right? They, they don't want to yeah. upset you again on your next visit. <laughs> no, I still, you know, I'll never stay there again, just because of the service that we had on the property was not great at any of the restaurants or the lobby bar. And we talked about it, you know, go check out that video. We talked about it. I'll never spend my money to stay there again. I love walking through and, checking out the gardens and, and all that stuff. But no, no thanks. The other thing to talk about with their renovated rooms, they did announce Aria was going to get a renovation last year, but we haven't heard anything about it. So, and they didn't mention anything apparently on the call, nor did they uh, mention any other big news, but the Spa Tower Bellagio getting renovated. I know a lot of people love that hotel. It's their flagship, not my favorite hotel. Not even sure it would rank in the top five Vegas hotels on my list, but you know, it's always good to see a flagship property like that getting a new room product and that modern look. I like it. Losing the bathtub, painful for many. So uh, we won't rehash that. Now, uh, of course, the big news of the week, Mark, the Super Bowl happened. And I didn't hear a lot about Las Vegas. It seemed like everything kind of went off without a hitch in the parties. You saw some emptiness at Red Rock. Somebody tweeted that Red Rock was empty. So I don't know if the locals casinos were just not uh, popping as everybody was at home or Super Bowl parties. But it seemed like everything went pretty good. And, of course, in the fourth quarter, late in the game, popped up that advertisement for the MSG Sphere, confirming that you 2 will be opening with a, some sort of a residency, and the crowd rejoiced. Yeah, you know, and this has been a rumor for a long time, so it's good to see that it's finally confirmed. I, you know, it's still not getting dates, which kind of stinks, but, you know, hopefully sometime soon. I'm guessing sometime September, 
uh, we'll know for sure what the dates are for the shows. And then, you know, you, you found some stuff that says secondary. They're trying to get Harry Styles for a huge amount of money. You know, you spent all this money building it, so you might as well bring in the tep- top headliner there is out there right now. Sorry, BTS fans didn't mean to. <laughs> individual performer. Let's put it that way. There you go. Now, the YouTube uh, ad was very quick. It was only like 15 seconds, I think. And if you go to their website, u2xsphere.com, they have a longer version of it. Actually, a four-minute version. It's like a movie that they much. made. It's yeah, for this, I had a, I had a fast-forward through some of it. But it's kind of cool when you get to the end. Uh, basically, the whole show is going to be uh, around their Octon Baby album, which I think came out in 1991. So uh, you get the big giant baby on the screens. Kind of opened up my imagination to some of the things they might do with the sphere. So I did enjoy seeing that. And I think we're going to see tons of marketing for this place as it gets ready to open. This is somewhere that I think people worldwide will open their eyes to because there just isn't anything else like it. And U2 is the big name. Uh, they are they are not uh, touring with one of the I think their original drummer they announced so it's not the full U two band but a pretty big name for Vegas and for the Sphere and another rumor confirmed yeah now we just need to get Billy Joel out there you know he's got the MSG ties I think he'd be a great addition at some point and I'm sure they will because of you know the history they have together and everybody's going to be watching these early shows to see what's possible at the MSG Sphere. And I think that'll draw more performers in the future, right? If they can do something that's so over the top compared to what you could do in a normal theater, then you might see people kind of falling over themselves to go there. But to your point, it's going to cost a ton to get these big names there. And how much is the venue going to make? You know, Harry Styles, U2. So uh, we will see. MSG continues to struggle. But as I've said before, I'm excited for this place. It was cool to see it get its billing at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl coming next year here to Las Vegas. It will be open. Formula One, a big year of sports and a big year for openings in Las Vegas with Fountain Blue coming this year. A lot of fun stuff in 2023 uh, to be excited about. And I'm excited about the show, even though I probably can't afford tickets for it. So you can get on a verified fan sale if you want to try to get tickets. Uh, head to that website, U2X Sphere, and has all the information. So you can uh, hopefully get in or flip the tickets if you want to resell them. Don't do that because you'll make a lot of people mad. Yeah, that's true. You probably make a lot of money, but you'll make a lot of people angry. <laughs> so, Mark, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile was in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, giving out to hot dogs, I guess, or treats or whatever. And unfortunately, someone stole the catalytic converter from it. Yeah, you know, go after the the casinos, the banks. Stay away from the Oscar Mayer mobile. I don't know if they were giving out weenie whistles or what, but funny enough, I need that part for my car. It's been, uh, my check engine light's been on for three years. So whoever did take it, if you want to come bring it to my house, I'll, I'll, I'll use it. Yeah. Thankfully they were able to restore it. A, a local shop was able to replace it and get them back on the, on the streets, handing out goodies for everybody. But yeah, this whole catalytic converter thing is insane as much as people have been stealing them. I guess, uh, one of the benefits of having a Tesla with the Super Bowl in Arizona now over the shift is focused to Las Vegas Super Bowl, which is coming next year. And the NFL released the logo for the upcoming Super Bowl. Now in the past, what, six, seven, eight years, they've moved to like a standardized logo. Kind of, they used to always have these beautiful custom logos that were completely different for every year, themed around the city. They don't do that anymore, but they did theme this logo a little bit around the city with the Vegas sign inside the logo, stuff like that. I think it looks pretty good, although I miss the days of those unique logos every single year. 
Yeah, I'm glad they brought it back a little bit. You wish there'd be a little bit more, but, you know, for Vegas to to blow it out, you got to always do a little extra. So, of course, they brought it out this year, and it's good to see, you know, maybe in the future it'll be even more going on with it. But hopefully they don't paint the field, you know, completely like they did this year's Super Bowl because people were sliding all over the place. Maybe uh, bring in the smaller logos. I don't know. That was kind of crazy to see. Yeah, they spent like $800,000 on the field, I think. So that's uh, an insane amount of money just to build grass and then for it not to be good for the players. We have a similar field here in Las Vegas, which rolls outside and grows outside. So I wonder if they're going to do something similar or learn from their from their mistakes. But it'll be a lot of fun. The city or the organizing committee for the Super Bowl is looking for 10,000 volunteers for the big game. And uh, so people from Las Vegas, this is your time to step up and volunteer. You can fill out a form on their website. And uh, they're going to be doing everything from you know welcoming fans, giving information, I would volunteer if I could guarantee that I could be in the stadium for the game, but I suspect most of those 10,000 people aren't going to be able to get inside. Yeah, and I'm you know, I'm kind of tired of the volunteer thing because the Super Bowl brings in hundreds of millions of dollars and you we've heard that the halftime dancers a lot of them don't get paid and they spend, you know, nine days, you know, practicing for this and the, these people are going to get like a a jacket and a hat that they're probably have to wear anyway to be a part of it and that's about it and you know they're expected to work 15 20 hours and and take all this training and background checks and stuff so i'd love to see these people get some type of payment you know if it's even like a party before inside the stadium i don't know but do something special for them it's just sad that this uh, thing that creates so much money for the city that it's in and the game itself creating so much money that they rely on people to do it for free. That's because they everybody wants to do it, right? I mean, uh, I'm sure they're not going to have a hard time filling those 10,000 slots. Now, you looked up the information for the Arizona Super Bowl for volunteers, and I think people had to be 18 years of older. You said they had to do a background check, stuff like that. So uh, and they're committing to several shifts during the, the weekend period. But I, I think a lot of people would be, enjoy just sort of being around it. So go up and sign up. We'll put a link in the description. If you want to sign up to be a volunteer or if you're going to protest like Mark for not getting paid, uh, then, <laughs> then I mean, s- swag's send great. I love, I love swag, but let me give him a little check or something too, or a free ticket to a game. I don't know. Something. <laughs> All right, Mark, we got more information on the bottled blonde. That's that new nightclub slash bar that's going in at the front of the Grand Bazaar shops as they redo it. It's going to be right next to Old Red. And basically, those two venues are going to serve as the frontage on the strip, taking you back into the other shops that are still there and then eventually to Horseshoe. And, uh, you know, it's going to be 25,000 square feet. They're spending $50 million to build this thing, and it's expected to open in the fourth quarter of 2024. There'll be a restaurant, a bar, and a beer garden. And uh, they have locations in a few different places, uh, Texas, Miami, Scottsdale, Arizona, and they're building one in Nashville. So this place is sort of spreading around the country. And they're known for like having a happy hour and all that. But at night, it turns into a nightclub. I guess that's a good venue for being right out on the strip. Yeah, that'd be kind of unique. You know, you don't really see clubs front facing on the strip. So it'd be something a little bit different. I do like in the renderings, the the roof, you know, I'm a sucker for rooftop bars. The rooftop area looks really cool. I don't know. The glass on the ceiling looks awesome. Hopefully it, you know, opens and closes or they can bring the uh, outdoors indoors when it's a nice night in, in Vegas. Like it's hard to beat when it's 75, 80 degrees out in Vegas at night. So that'd be cool. But yeah, if, if they have the music pumping as people are walking through the strip, I'm sure it's going to draw people in. $50 million though. 
that seems kind of crazy for a restaurant to get that money back. It's going to take a while, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a prime location, right? You don't get much more prime than that location on the Strip. They call that the 50-yard line, and you're right out on the Strip. The rooftop is going to have you know unencumbered views of the Bellagio Fountains. And to your point about rooftop bars, we're seeing several cool venues. Old Red will also have a rooftop area. And then BrewDog, we saw further south on the Strip with a cool rooftop area. So this seems like it's becoming the new in thing. And why not? You get better views than being on the ground. You know, something like Mon Amiga B or some of those sidewalk cafes are nice, but you're kind of at ground level. Your views are obstructed. You're looking at cars. So this kind of takes you above all that, giving you great views. I think it's a it's a great idea. $50 million is a lot to spend. So we'll see how they recoup that and how successful this stuff is. $25 drinks. <laughs> yeah, of course. $25. I mean, right on, the, on that location, yeah, it's not going to be... Cheap. In bar-related news, Stoney's is returning to Santa Fe. This is a popular country venue here. There's a location in Town Square. Uh, it used to be on South Las Vegas Boulevard in a different area. And they had a location at Santa Fe Station for a long time. I think it closed in 2009, and they announced they're going to bring it back. So uh, for anybody who likes the mechanical bull up in the northwest part of Las Vegas, or if you're a Stoney's fan, it's coming back. Good news there. Yeah, I'd never heard of it before and glad to see something from old that's coming back. And anytime there's a mechanical bowl in a bar, I'm in. Let's go. All right. Did you see this uh, thing from Home Bay? They did a survey of people moving and they did all these statistics about where people are moving and what where they want to move. And they asked people what their dream cities were if money was no object. And the top one was Los Angeles, California, then Atlanta, Georgia, which is strange because I don't know Atlanta to be a very expensive you know, place compared to many other big cities. But uh, number four on the list, Las Vegas, the number four dream city, 15% of people said that they would love to move here if money were no object. Las Vegas used to always be sort of a value place to move, right? It was cheaper than everywhere else, but it's no longer that way. It's gotten pretty expensive, but people still dreaming of coming here. That was a surprise to me. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked in the past, we're running out of the valley to to put people in and the water is always an issue so it is crazy like 10 years ago 15 years ago vegas was one of the cheapest places to move and now it's pricing people out a lot of people moving in from california and such and that's what i'm worried about like the, the more it expands and grows and the more it prices out the people that you need there to work and make vegas go you know, where are they going to live and, and how's that going to work? So it's a challenge. I think it's going to be a big time challenge in the next 10, 15 years if it keeps growing the way it is. Yeah, I think one of the reasons people have come here, obviously, we're pretty close to California. A lot of people moving out of California. In fact, this survey showed that uh, that's the state losing the most amount of people. So, uh, you know, it's a pretty easy transition here from Southern California, especially you're still close. A lot of Californians here, culture fairly similar. But uh, yeah, I was surprised to see that. Let us know in the comments, are you surprised that people dream of living in Las Vegas or is it uh, something to be expected? Las Vegas, of course, is just a normal city or the Las Vegas area, which includes Henderson, North Las Vegas, uh, outside of the Strip. It's like two different places almost. So I don't know if a lot of people have a great idea of what it is to live in Las Vegas because it really has nothing to do with that tourist experience. But uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Let us know in the comments what you think about it. So downtown Henderson is getting a new hotel on Water Street. We've talked about Water Street a lot. This is the core of downtown Henderson where the city hall is and has a really nice main street, although it had kind of fallen into disrepair over the years. And they've invested a ton of money, a lot of new businesses there. And there are several casinos down there, one of them called The Pass, 
And uh, that's the former El Dorado, uh, which uh, was owned by Boyd Gaming forever. And uh, they sold it in the pandemic, and it got bought by Disamone Gaming, who also owns Railroad Pass. And he's tearing up part of the parking lot to build an Atwell Suites, a 90-room hotel. This will be the first hotel in downtown Henderson on Water Street. Also kind of a replacement for Fiesta Henderson, which closed. That was the nearest kind of big hotel around there. So continued progress in downtown Henderson. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, you know, only 90 rooms when you you think of a hotel, like even the the roadside motel hotel usually has 100 plus rooms. So but it it makes sense. You know, there's not much of a market there for for people to stay yet. And I think it could be something in the future if they keep to grow that area. I definitely want to check out downtown Henderson, Summerlin, that type of stuff next time I'm in town. And if they grow this out, it could be, you know, kind of like the flagship place to plant for people to stay when they're coming in, visiting family, or just want to get away from the strip a bit and have stuff there for you. So I hope it's successful. It it definitely is something new, something different. So we'll see how it goes. The parking lot area that they are tearing up to build this is tiny. I'll throw some video up on the screen from when I was there when they were transitioning to the pass. They already have a parking garage, so I guess they're going to use that. And then this is surface parking that they're tearing up. So it's not a huge plot of land. But it shouldn't like dominate the area either. So it would be nice. And for people who are looking for a hotel that is sort of attached to a casino, uh, this is a good option and good development. And as I said, kind of a shift in priorities as Fiesta Henderson closed without that big kind of monolith property. I I hate to call it. It wasn't a monolith property. But compared to the smaller (laughs) casinos in downtown Henderson, uh, it was big. And so this kind of opened up a market. And, uh, you know, he's done a lot of stuff out at Railroad Pass, including building that huge truck stop. He's building another hotel out there as well. And so he's spent a lot of money kind of building up these properties and giving them some love. So good to see that for sure. So we talked on the last show about the MSG Sphere And uh, we have a little bit of updated news. First off, there was a huge executive shakeup there. James Dolan, the billionaire owner of Madison Square Gardens, or the primary owner, uh, he's going to take control. He fired the two top executives in charge of the project. And uh, we've talked all about the financial problems. And some other interesting things came out. They're struggling to find a sponsor to pay the, uh, the sponsorship fee to name the MSG Sphere, and a lot of artists apparently do not want to perform there because of the amount of spectacle required to develop a show in that venue. So that was an interesting thing. U2, they're paying them $10 million to do their show, plus they're getting 90% of revenue generated from ticket sales. What a sweet deal that is. And uh, yeah, so a lot of new stuff going on. But I guess the biggest news, Mark, is that they plan to do 40 to 80 live concerts a year, uh, which is going to be, you know, generate some revenue for them, but 400 to 500 film showings a year. So basically, Las Vegas is about to get the most expensive movie theater in the world. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> 40, 40 to 80 seems really, really low to me. But, you know, like you said, these artists that I can't even imagine what type of preparation it would take to put on the show. Maybe they'll, once a couple do it and they'll figure it out, maybe they'll just kind of rift off of each other or there'll be kind of a set thing that they build out that you can just kind of tweak to make it your own. I don't know, but that that is a lot of undertaking. I mean, maybe their fees are higher, so that would offset it, but movies, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. And I don't think anybody is excited about Dolan stepping in. Like, does anybody like that man? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a sign of trouble and of uh, some unhappiness with the way the whole project has gone. I think when it was announced, it was at like $1.1, $1.2 billion cost. So it's almost doubled in price. Part of that, obviously, COVID and all the price increases on materials. But I think the original vision doesn't really mesh with what the cost of this was. And yeah, I mean, they are developing uh, with a director, I forget his name, uh, in-house movie, so a feature movie that will be shown there. But I imagine they'll probably also do other showings of different stuff. So it's going to be interesting how it turns out. I guess it'll be a good accessible way for people to see the venue. Uh, they say tickets will top out at about $50 for movies. I imagine that's the best seats, what? but uh, maybe even cheaper <laughs> than that. Although if you look at some of those crazy IMAX theaters though, Mark, I mean, they charge $30, $35 for tickets. So if they, if the sphere can put on something even better than that, I'm sure people will be willing to pay, but I don't think they spent $2 billion to build a movie theater. Yeah, I, I think people will pay once, you know, they'll, just to check it out. They'll they'll get the fifty dollars, but I don't know that that's a a market that you can keep dipping into. Like, it's not a return. What are you going to do four or five years from now if that's your base revenue where all your money is coming from? You know, people aren't going to be like, hey, let's go watch that movie again. It's been the same. You know, I, I don't know. This is just weird. Hopefully, they get the artists in there. It's not as big of a deal as you know people are thinking it's going to be, and they start selling out shows to. to use it for what it was intended for. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised that they're having a hard time with the sponsorship. I think it was $50 million was the number that they're asking for the name rights. I mean, it's already become sort of iconic. We talk about Las Vegas all the time, but everybody I talk to knows it, sees it. It's such a visible presence. So you would think that those naming rights will eventually get set, sorted out. And if U2 is successful with the amount of money that they're planning to make on this, I think other artists will follow uh, but yeah, I mean, it, clearly not everybody wants to do it. You're not going to just be able to take your regular touring show in there. You're going to have to do custom visuals and all kinds of stuff that's added expense and time where as going into just a normal theater, they can take their touring show, you know, there and just kind of move in and do everything that they're doing. So it creates more stress on them. I think it's going to be fine. I think this is going to be a popular venue. The money situation, I don't know, but I think that they'll find plenty of artists who want to perform there as it, the reputation sort of builds. And I wouldn't worry too much about that. You two will open it up, right? I think they said that their first shows are rumored to be at the end of September, still not officially announced, but uh, I'll put a link to the New York Post article with all this information, some interesting developments over at the MSG sphere. Yeah, on the on the naming stuff, I, I wonder if, I believe that people have paid more for stadiums, and I, but I wonder if it's because there's not a TV aspect to it where they're, you know, zooming out on the stadium and you see SoFi Stadium or something like that on a regular basis, you know, there's not going to be that type of draw to this. So I wonder if that's why they're having issues finding it, uh, just because you're not getting that exposure that you normally would when you're naming something. So that would be my guess, at least. We shall see, but I, I'm sure they'll find somebody to pay money to sponsor that place. So unfortunately, it won't be called the MSG Sphere. We'll get some weird, you know, name, some obscure company or something. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated. Thank you for listening to this episode of the MTM Vegas podcast. As a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content at mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.